Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Well, we are continuing our series um, this week, uh, Deeper in Worship. And we have been, uh, been in this now. This is the third week. And the purpose of this series has stated, uh, and I, I got to state it for you every week because, you know, there's purpose is a wonderful thing. Purpose is, is powerful, and if we understand purpose, then we can understand better our lives and what God is trying to do in us and through us and in our church. And, and all. Otherwise, it's just a dead, monotonous, rigorous exercise that we put ourselves through week after week, right? But that's not what God has intended for us. God has intended to move us and to, to shape us and to mold us into the likeness of Christ and to move us from glory to glory into his image, amen? So we're, we're here today not by accident. We're here today not by habit but we're here today on purpose amen so uh, our purpose in this is that you and I would grow deeper in our worship in our worship of the Lord as we begin to understand some of the nuances and the things that we see transpiring this you know we've spent a lot of time talking about the why we worship because of the worthiness of God we don't worship because everything is going our way or because everything's turning out the way we thought it should we we worship God because he is worthy to receive the glory the honor and the praise and and we know from that also that uh, as you and I worship we are beneficiaries of the worship that we give to him isn't that isn't that odd that's just the economy of God isn't it I mean that that we can be faithful to God in tithing and in turn he blesses us to be able to do more with the 90 percent than we could have done with the hundred and and we can we can praise God and we can give our energy and we can give our words and we can give our motions to him and in turn he blesses us back more than we could have ever imagined had we not engaged in the exercise of worship and our our emphasis throughout this series has been that as we worship differently we live differently and and I've said this several times but I want to repeat it for you this morning that you know our aim here at Faith Assembly Church the aim of our pastoral team and you know as we pray and we believe together is that we're trying to create a culture and the culture that we're trying to create is one of worship it's one where we come together in a celebratory fashion to just exalt the name of the Lord and to praise him and that's just part of the culture of who we are and what we do and we don't want you just to be an observer of the culture but we want you to be assimilated and a participant in that culture of worship why because when we worship differently we live differently and and we've been through as I said a lot of the why and the how and today I want to cover just a little bit for you of the when and the where because worship should not be something in our lives that is relegated to a time and a space on Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings or particularly at some small group gathering, a growth group if you're a lady or or the men's meeting or whatever. It shouldn't be relegated to this one certain time or space to say, oh, that's the thing I do then and there. 
Rather, as we are talking about the idea and the topic of worship, we need to understand that this doesn't need to be just something I do at a certain place at an appointed time. It needs to be a life that I live every day, every single day. Why? Because when you worship differently, you live differently amen amen so so hopefully we'll see that a life of worship is just simply a better way it's just it's just a better way oh dude just look at your neighbor right now and tell them hey you know what a life of worship is just a better way it's just it's a better way listen you know the and let's just start with the simple commandments okay just the, the simple fact that it's, a, it's been made abundantly clear throughout this series that it's, it's a commandment for you and I as believers that we worship the Lord. Psalm 96 beginning in verse 1 reads this way and says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the... How many of you sang this morning? I was looking. No, I wasn't. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name and proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonder among the peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods for all the gods of the peoples are idols but the Lord made the heavens honor and majesty are before him strength and beauty are in his sanctuary give to the Lord O families of the people give to the Lord glory and strength give to the Lord the glory do his name bring an offering and come into his courts Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Now, here's the thing. I've already said it. But that is, you can see that's pretty much a directive, right? It's a directive of faith. I've said this before. I've mentioned it many times before. But I love uh, the glaring absences of asterisks and such in the word. There's, there's no spot in that Psalm 96 that there's a little asterisk beside it. And we've covered this already. I know it, I'm repeating myself, but it bears repeating. But there's no little asterisk in that, in that chapter, in those verses that we look beside. And we look down to the footnotes to see what that means. And it says, oh, by the way, if you don't feel like it or it's not convenient for you or things aren't turning out the way that you thought they should, you can omit this passage from your life there's nowhere in that so it's just it's a very it's very straightforward here it's a commandment for you and I that we would worship the Lord but here's the thing and this is what I want to drill into today and dive down on is that you and I as human beings if you're anything like me it's easy for me to fall into a trap of compartmentalization compartmentalization means that I have sections and areas of my life and and the the one is distinguishable from the other okay 
That means that I may say that, you know, I read this verse here from Psalm 96 and I may say, oh, that's my church life. That's, that's what I do in my devotional time. And, and we have other issues and we say, oh, that's, that's my work life. And there are other issues and we put them over here in the basket and say, well, this is my home life or this is my personal life. And, and we may begin to think that this verse and others like it are addressing our church life only. But I'm gonna say this again. I've said this several times as well, but it bears repeating also. Wherever you go, there you are. I know that's deep and philosophical and I'll let you think about it for just a second. But wherever you go, there you are. The you who is a servant of the Most High God, called of God, saved by the blood of the Lamb, anointed by the Spirit of God, wherever you go, there you are. And your purpose wherever you go is to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. It's to live your life, a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Worship, church, transcends context. Worship transcends context. In other words, there is no bucket in my life wherein I can look at the activity and the and the principles of worship and say it belongs here it belongs in church it belongs to my devotional life no worship should be my lifestyle a style of living for me that transcends context as a matter of fact, I can support this for you in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. I've chose this text today specifically from the New Living Translation just for the clarity of thought here this morning. And it says this, and whatever, whatever. Again, the, the absence of asterisks here. Whatever you do, what are you doing today? What are you doing after this service? Where are you going? What are you doing tomorrow, the next day, the days after, the successive days? What are you doing next weekend? That's included here in the statement. And whatever you do or say, let's add that in as well. Do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Say, so what's that got to do giving thanks through him to God the Father? Worship, worship should be the motivation to all the things that you do. As you are preparing whatever you do or say, whatever you and I do or say, there needs to be a consideration made to say, will this be pleasing to the Lord? Will this be an offering of my life as a sweet savor before his presence? Is this an offering that makes glad the heart of my God? And if the answer to that is no, then that's a strong key indicator that we probably should not do or engage how we're planning to do or engage or say. 
whatever you do or say Paul goes on to clarify several things here I don't know that I've ever thought about this chapter this passage in the context of worship before but I do believe it's fitting because he he lets us know that like we should be our aim should be to worship God in several aspects and areas of our lives Uh, number one we ought to worship God in our relationships as a matter of fact Colossians 3 18 continues and says wives submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly children always all the parents said amen hallelujah children always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord fathers do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged this is in the context of the home that that when you and I go into the home we are to love as Christ loved beginning there in the home giving of ourselves sacrificially and serving one another not because the other person you as a pastor you don't know who I live with and you don't know all this no it's not even for that purpose it's not because they're deserving but it's because God is worthy God is worthy that you love your spouse the way that God has loved you. God is worthy that you submit to the authority of your parents the way that Christ submitted to the will of his Father. God is worthy that we love our children the same way that he's loved us. God is worthy as a matter of fact this issue of of relationship and worship is so intimately intertwined that when Jesus is speaking on the matter of worship and he's saying hey listen Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 and 24 I'll paraphrase here um, Jesus says you know when you guys are getting ready for church on Sunday morning it's 8 30 you're driving in you've got the christian tunes playing on the radio and you're just kind of setting your mind and your heart and your thoughts to the day and you're just i know this is this is routine for all of you so i'm just running back through it and you're saying holy spirit have your way in our church today lord just just prepare my heart lord as i as i begin get ready to enter into your presence lord and 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 just gather with god's people and and just praise your name and i i know that your word says where two or three are gathered in your name you're going to be in the midst of them and god i'm expecting you to show up today with powerful and dynamic things i i I know you do that right if you don't you should you should but as you're as you're doing that and something comes to mind and says hey wait a minute i've got an issue with my brother Jesus says that if you come to the altar and you bring your gift and you realize in that moment that there's an issue between you and a brother sister in the Lord then you leave your gift at the altar and you go first to reconcile with them tell me that there's no intersection between your horizontal relationships and your vertical relationships when Jesus himself said listen before you come in here to bring your gift of praise and worship understand that if there's an issue between you and a brother and sister then there's a block between you and me and you need to go get that straight first and then come back and praise and worship on the job 
Paul continues here to the church, uh, the Colossian church and says this, slaves obey your earthly masters. Now we have to contextualize that a little bit because thank God none of us are slaves. You may feel like it some days punching that clock in and out, but it's not the case. But he says, slaves obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Again, it relates back to the worthiness of God to be the recipient of your praise and your sacrifice. Why? Because everything that you do or say should be done as a representative, we remember from verse 17, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm here today to represent Christ. You're, you're where you're going tomorrow. You're going into that office. You're going into that workplace tomorrow to be a representative of Christ. So your life, therefore, may have to be a sacrificial offering of praise to the King of Kings. Because worship transcends context. He says, he continues verse 23 and says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. In your personal devotion, backing up to verse one of the same chapter, Paul says this, if, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. In other words, we, we worship the Lord in relationship. We worship the Lord on the job. We worship the Lord in church. We worship the Lord in our personal devotion. We worship the Lord in our Christian service. How many verses? I don't have time for the verses today that speak of the futility of coming in and doing what we're doing right now if we're not doing it as unto the Lord, if we're not doing it from the heart, if we're not doing it motivated by love. It's there all over 1 Corinthians 13 and, and various other places and where, the, where the people came to Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, in your name did we not prophesy and cast out devils and all these great things? And Jesus says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I never knew you. And the interesting thing, and, and we've touched this before, we'll do it again, but the interesting thing today is that God deserves and receives the glory when we worship, and we worship from a true heart. He is the focus of praise. The glory belongs to God, and true worship is not done for what we're getting out of it. You shouldn't tithe for what you're going to get out of it although you are the benefactor because you're not enriching God one bit by, with your tithe it is worship but you're not enriching God one bit with your tithe but you stand as the benefactor of tremendous blessings because God said see will I not open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you're not able to contain and the same is true for you and I when we come in the house of the Lord and we begin to raise our hands and worship and bring our voices and bring our bodies as living sacrifices before God and we say, Lord, I, it doesn't matter right now whether I like the song or I don't like the song, whether it's in my key or not in my key or whether the temperature's right in here or it's not right in here or whether I like the pews or whether I'd rather have chairs and what I think about the green carpet, none of that really matters. 
It's all about him and the glory belongs to him. But true worship as it is to glorify the name of the Lord and bring honor and glory to him, it's a benefit to us. Your praise doesn't make him any more omniscient. Your praise doesn't make him any more omnipresent or omnipotent. It's just we stride in obedience. We move in obedience and in turn God blesses us beyond our wildest imagination. (laughs) Listen, choosing a life Choosing worship as a lifestyle is just simply a better way of living. And you have a choice when you walk out of these doors today to decide how you're going to live life. No, nobody can box you in. Nobody can wrangle you into a, a philosophy or a thought life or anything, any of that, a, a style of living and a, a way of processing life. Nobody can, nobody can manipulate you into that. It's, the choice is yours through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can decide, and I want to encourage you today that choosing worship as a lifestyle is just a better way of living. Now, here's here's where I really want to challenge you today because there are so many points of concern for us as believers in this hour, okay? Let Let me name a few. Inflation. Gas prices. And, and for anybody, if you're tempted to post a post about how coffee is $6 a cup and nobody complains about that, go somewhere and get a life. Just That's a luxury item. I don't have to have it. But I, I got to have that Petro. Come on, somebody. <laughs> War rumors of wars oh gosh my heart aches and breaks every evening just to turn on the news and see what's happening abroad it's 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 terrible perilous times end time events i mean we could just wring our hands and know what's going to happen and but there are a lot of comparative benefits i want to i want to show to you today and and that's there's so many of these things and this is just the short list right now this is the short list of things that are common to all of us and this is enough you know the inflation gas prices wars all this stuff i mean those are common to all of us and we can just collectively all wring our hands if we chose to but then beyond that there are things that are particular to your life there are things that are impacting you as an individual as a family and 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 that you could add to the bottom of that you could add your own addendums there and just say well i'm concerned about this thing and 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 it's really stressing me and all this kind of stuff i want to read to you from the words of jesus because worry worry about these type of things is draining it just worry does absolutely nothing for you but drain the life out of today and, and rob you of any joy that you might have in your heart that's all it's good for because it doesn't affect change in the situation at all wring your hands all you will it's not going to change anything but Jesus says this therefore I say to you don't worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you'll put on is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they 
Which one of you by worrying can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, this is a deep contemplation here for you today, church. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which is to, today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles or the unbelievers seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. And Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Listen, worry, worry drains you. As I said, it, it, you'll not benefit one thing from it, but you will never be more on target in seeking the kingdom of God than when you are yielding yourselves in worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and saying, God, you know what? Here's everything that's going on in the world. Here's everything that's going on in my life right now. But God, what I know about this is what Isaiah saw about this, and that is that you are high and lifted up. Your glory has not been diminished one bit. Your value to be worshipped has not been diminished one bit and I will lift my voice and praise the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and even if I am slain in the midst of it all as Job said I'm still going to bless your name <laughs> praise is better than pessimism it's easy to feel not feel like praising when situations haven't turned out as we thought they should have let me give you two examples of this really quickly you all know the story of job the name job is synonymous with suffering and pain and 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 sacrifice and all these things and job had a resolution in his own life verse 21 he comes to this resolve and he said this he was a blessed man he had he had possessions and he had kids and he had all these things and in a moment it was all taken away from him and job's response to it was i came naked from my mother's womb and i will be naked when i leave and the lord gave me what i had and the lord has taken it away but praise the name of the Lord praise the name of the Lord what else are you going to do you're going to whine that's not going to bring it back you're going to worry you're going to fret you're going to cry that's not going to bring it back bless the name of the Lord Acts chapter 16 how many of you had a hard week oh it's been terrible Pastor. <laughs> It's bad. You know, none of you will raise your hands because you know I'll pick on you. But I've read your Facebook posts and I know how horrible your life is. I, I get it. You think it's been bad. You think it's been bad. Paul and Silas, my, our friends from the New Testament church, were, were there and, and they, were, they were going around town praying and believing God for miracles seeing people healed and delivered set free from all kinds of demonic spirits and people being saved baptized in the spirit and what happens to them as a, as a result of it they get thrown into prison they didn't just get thrown into prison the word says and when they had laid many stripes on them they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to keep them securely Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. 
So here our brothers, their, their feet are in stocks, their hands are shackled, their, their backs are bleeding. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Can, can you just, just imagine with me for a minute how different this scenario would be? As a matter of fact, I, I would submit to you today that we would never know anything of this account had this scenario been different. Had, 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 the, had the story went this way and said, you know, at, at midnight, Paul and Silas were commiserating in their agony. We, we'd never hear anything of it. But it says this, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Hold on to that thought for just a minute. Hold on to that thought for just a minute. We're coming back. Honoring the Lord is so much better. Worshiping the Lord is so much better than, than holding grudges towards others. Sometimes forgiving can make us feel like we've been hurt and sometimes forgiving can make us feel like we're letting the other person get away with something. But the truth of the matter is in those situations when we decide to worship, when we decide to praise the Lord instead of harboring those feelings, what happens is it's not the other person who's getting off, it's us who's being set free. It's us who's worshiping because what the adversary wants to do in your life is to come in through the adversity and the hardship and the hard time. And he wants to, he wants to lay those stripes on your back. He wants to shackle your feet. He wants to shackle your hands so that you have an inability to lift your hands and praise the Lord so that you are rendered unable to be the hands and feet of Christ. But at the midnight hour, if you will understand that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning and you lift your voice and begin to pray God what you will find is that you are being set free because when we give him the glory we receive the benefits and we are set free to worship him and to praise him and we're not burdened down with the with the things that the enemy brings in our lives hmm. working Oh, Lord, working from a heart of gratitude and praise is so much better than laboring with a sense of entitlement too often, listen, too often we can't get to elevated to the next level because we're so busy complaining about where we're at that we can't learn the lesson that God's trying to teach us. But if we're in that place saying, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I don't, I don't know what you're... I've been through seasons in my life where I just had to simply say, God, I don't know what you're trying to show me right now. And I don't like it one bit. And that just makes God quake. Not really. But I say, Lord, I, I don't know what's going on right now and I don't understand this season that I'm in. But Holy Spirit, I ask you to show me what you're trying to show me. Just, just reveal to me what you're trying to teach me in this moment. And in the meantime, Lord, I'm just going to stand and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to surrender and I'm going to yield to you, Lord, knowing that, Lord, what you are doing in my life is that you're working all things together for my good. Therefore, Lord, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that's due your name hmm. 
too often again I'm gonna say it again we can't get elevated to the next level because we're so busy complaining about where we're at that we can't learn the lesson that God's trying to teach I want to close with this thought because I've challenged you today to live a life of worship to choose a lifestyle of worship that transcends the context and the troubles and the strains of your life because it is a better way you will be blessed you will you will be you will be elevated you will you will move from glory to glory to glory you'll stop struggling you'll stop muttering by you will live a victorious life you will walk in victory and here's here's the thing I want to emphasize to you today is that our major emphasis we're we're a, a trinitarian church we believe in God the Father the Son the Holy Spirit and oftentimes beyond that we're a Pentecostal church so we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are active in the body of Christ in the way that they are described to us in the New Testament we we just have searched the scriptures and failed to see the point where those things cease to be in operation in the body of Christ but our emphasis in that is often on the descending work of the Holy Spirit and we sing songs and we pray prayers and they sound like this Lord Holy Holy Spirit fall on us breathe on us rain down on us God just pour it out on us it that that's all denotes a, a descending ministry of the Holy Spirit the things that are coming down from heaven but I want to tell you something today and that is this that the the Holy Spirit has an ascending work to do in your life too And the, the ascending work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is, is, begins with a descending because the Spirit of God comes into your life, it's poured out into your life, and in turn it empowers you to live a life of worship, a life of praise, a life of thanksgiving that is a sweet-smelling savor that returns back before the throne of God. That your life becomes that living sacrifice of worship, that testament of praise, that testament of worship because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and the reason I urge you with that this morning is this. Don't think that any time that you come to the house of the Lord and you hear a message such as this, that this is simply you coming in and receiving instruction for you to go out and you to execute on your own. Because I can tell you this, Monday morning may be brutal for you. And, and it won't be in the, in the wherewithal of your person to be able to offer that sacrifice of praise. But if you'll get up on Monday morning and you'll say, good morning, Holy Spirit, welcome into my life. Flood my heart, flood my mind right now, Jesus. And whatever I face today, give me the power. Give me the power to stand firm. Give me the power to keep that song of praise on my lips and that word of thanksgiving in my heart and that, that act of exaltation about my being that I will bless the name of the Lord regardless of what comes to me. And I'm telling you, when you will live your life as a sacrifice of praise before God, heaven will open up, the power of God will rain down, and though God has been blessed, you will be the benefactor 
of the praise. You will be the recipient of God's glory filling and flooding your own life. Now, stand to your feet with me all over this place. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Lord, I believe today I'm speaking to a people who desire to honor you with their whole lives. Not, not just at church on Sunday, but in their homes and in their workplace, in the marketplace. God, I believe their desire today is to be that living sacrifice. That dead man walking, as Paul explained, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ in me and Christ through me. I believe that's the desire of every heart in this room. And Lord, what we realize in this moment is that we can't do it alone. We need you. We need your strength. We need the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, what we do right now in this moment is we begin to make space. And we ask you, Lord, search us, O oh God, and know our hearts. And see if there's anything that's occupying space in our lives that's crowding out your presence and your power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And purge us. Purge us, O oh God. Purge us, O oh Lord, but don't leave us empty. Fill us afresh with your Holy Ghost and fire. Because, God, we believe that worship is just a better way. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.